0: podcast 12 days of cop i'm presenter and journalist peg alexander and in partnership with academic think tank the green economics institute each day during cop 26 in glasgow i'm having chats with people from around the world looking at the big topics we need to get a grip of if we're to hit the paris agreement We're going to cover a broad range of subjects. The chats are going to be short, informal and hopefully inspiring and informative. And you never know, we might even manage some laughs along the way. I started working and campaigning on climate issues in 1989. Gosh, such a long time ago. Now the world has woken up to the fact that we don't have any time left. But are world leaders ready to accept? That it's no more business as usual. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the whole question of how we run economies and we're going to think about that very much in an African context. We're going to talk a lot about Africa over the next 10 minutes. I'm so delighted that Dorothy Nalibega, who is, is the oh, is Africa. African coordinator for the Global Greens Women's Network is on the podcast with me today. Hello, Dorothy. Hello. You're a big activist in your home country of Uganda. Um, And I know you're very involved in in economic discussions. And obviously you will have very African perspective on that. So and one of the things over here that it feels like we're not really having that conversation about if we're going to leave all fossil fuels in the ground... If we're going to get to net zero by 2050 and manage to cut emissions by half within the next, uh, the next nine years, can we do that while we still expect economies to grow? I mean,
1: what, what's your take on this? Yes, my take is uh, the answer depends on whether one is looking at that short term economic growth or sustainable growth. Otherwise, I, putting on the green glasses, I think it's possible. Uh, Yes, we can achieve economic growth without tampering with the environment. The transition that that we are badly yearning for will bring other opportunities. The energy transition, for example, Mm -hmm. will bring bring new jobs, the new green jobs. It will reduce emissions. As you may be aware, uh, greenhouse gas emissions caused by industrialization and fossil fuels has done more harm than good. If you don't analyze the situation, you may not see that, but among the problems, uh, diseases, many people get sick because of the quality of the air they breathe. Because of the viruses that they get from animals whose habitats uh, disappear, when forests are cut down. And I say a sick population cannot be a productive one and hence no economic growth besides the money which will have been used for other development or economical purposes is spent on buying drugs, medicine. Then why not make a just transition to Mm -hmm. achieve economic growth as well as meeting the Paris Agreement.
0: So you think it is, you think through that conversion of new technologies um, that that is possible? I mean, I guess part of that, obviously, you're looking at this from from an Africa perspective, because obviously we know there are some economies that really do need to develop still, don't they? You know, it's very easy for me in the West to sit and say oh we need to look at whether that's okay or not but but a lot of economies they do need to develop don't they
1: yes they do need to develop I really want to do it on an African perspective for example Mm. in 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 Africa in uh, I'll take an example of my country Uh, because natural resources are wealth themselves and if well utilized land is natural capital if I take an example of my country, for example, Uganda's economy largely depends on agriculture. 25% gross GDP yeah. comes from the agricultural sector in Uganda. But look at what is happening. Because of grid forests, which help us with the rain, are being cut down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, our soil is losing facility, fertility because of single use plastics right uh, the single use plastics are burnt and brought back on market again because of greed they mm. well not very they know that it destroys our environment that it has really made our soil to lose facility but because they are greedy for the profits they allow these people who make practi- uh, uh, um, plastic to produce the kind of plastics that are not reusable, so we lose facility. And also, they're the, the not only a destroyer, they don't only destroy fertility, but also there is loss of indigenous crops. We have a vegetable in Uganda, which we eat, but normally it just grows by itself. But when you use for, um, these fertilizers or these mm. uh. Weed, uh, the the weed chemicals that help remove remove weed, that chemicals, if mm. you use it in your garden, forget getting those vegetables. They will never grow there again. So what's the use? Yeah. In my introduction, I said um, when one is looking at short-lived growth, then it is possible to think you can achieve economic growth, and meet the 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 Paris Agreement is a myth. But when you're looking it in a sustainable perspective, say if one is thinking of crops to, crops to grow fast and give quick yields in my agricultural country, you cannot stop them. But these are not sustainable at all. In my region where I come from, Buganda region, we have an indigenous food crop called matoke, which you people call the plantains. It our mm. it is our food yeah but uh you know what they did they introduced tish culture bananas or tish culture matoke or plantains seedlings that grow very fast and very big they didn't know that those seedlings don't multiply the same way as our indigenous uh, banana seeds so did they
0: then multiply. they
1: then make the indigenous ones die out then they, did they infect them and yeah they infect them yeah and also they don't multiply at all so what are you doing you you're thinking you're doing this to get uh, uh, big yields but yeah. they grow for worse and you cannot grow uh, you cannot even uh, uh, get seedlings again you have to go back to buy yet with our indigenous bananas they multiply. Multiply seedlings. You plant one and it brings other seedlings. We call them enduli. Many others which you transplant and take to multiply in other gardens. These tissue culture ones are so attractive and big, but they are not only tasteless, but they do not multiply. What is that? You have to go back to the person who sold you those seedlings to buy others. Yet our own, one, uh, own, own indigenous ones, multiply. Mm. So with the um, those GMOs also making a few people very rich, and the biggest percentage uh, very living course, yeah, yeah. Life.
0: So what,
1: what, what in terms
0: of what's happening at COP, and in terms of the agreement, what, what do you want to see for Africa more than anything come out of this COP?
1: Uh, in terms of development, I will still look at it in the loss and damage perspective. Okay. Yeah. With the glass, gas, uh, the, the, the greenhouse gas emissions being uh, put, uh, produced,
0: mm-hmm. what
1: happens in the global north affects the global south. Yeah. We get hurricanes, we get cyclones, we get uh, floods, and we get landslides. A live example is in Uganda. It's been twice a year, but now it's even getting to twice a year. In Eastern Uganda, we get landslides. And what yeah. do they do? do? They wash away all the crops. And mm. I said it's an agricultural economy. So, and um, people start resettling in slums when they mm. cannot stay there, when they're displaced. And there they cannot practice agriculture. So what I want COP to do right now is to really finalise the loss and damage thing. But I've been told by the party, uh, the members of the member parties, the people who go there, that the G7 is trying to shy away. I don't know. They are so scared of committing themselves. I don't. Is know this why. the
0: one hundred billion? Is this what you're talking about? The one hundred billion. Dollars for loss and damage
1: yes they don't want to commit themselves yeah they are shying away they really are avoiding to talk about it whenever someone brings out that Mm. topic how does it make you
0: feel as as an african what seeing this happen knowing that the global north have been the biggest polluters you're bearing the brunt of this how does it make you feel
1: it makes me feel so bad it mm-hmm. makes me feel so um, disappointed by people who pretend yeah. to care about others and they don't really uh, they're not practical in what they're doing. They're just talking and talking and they mm-hmm. don't want to finalize it, anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it makes me so sad. I think one should be uh, have something called the guilt conscience. If you yeah. have that then you can be able to Help out for the damage you've caused.
0: Yeah, you want that money to come through. Um, Just to finish off then, what other messages do you have for anyone who needs to understand the impact, really, of climate change on on Africa?
1: On Africa. for, Mm. um, For the Africans, it also starts with us. Yes, we know the global north is the biggest polluter, but even us, with the small, small things that we do, especially not reusing plastics. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's our main That's uh, our main bad habit. We should also start. We should start. It starts with you. Mm. Pollution, uh, you should also check your uh, carbon footprint as Africans. And for the North, um, global North, they should have the guilt conscience and try... To think about Africa, the people who emit the least but are already suffering with death and displacement in whatever they do, they should think about it. Brilliant. And try to do something, yeah.
0: Well, thank you for being at COP. Uh, thank you for, for coming over to Britain. And, and thank you so much, Dorothy, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Peg Alexander at TV Radio Peg on social media. Tune in tomorrow. I'll be chatting to another great guest. You can also check out greeneconomicsinstitute.org.uk.